Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Well, let's turn in our Bibles this morning to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Hallelujah. And uh, to all of those who were baptized, and this might apply to many more than that, uh, you know, I made mention of the next step. And, um, you know, the Lord had me years ago put together a, um, a series of lessons uh, that I call basic training. And they're meant to be taught in a small group setting. And uh, I, I put in there, there's 16 lessons in there about what I think every new Christian needs to know really fast to be able to live a victorious Christian life and move forward. So, um, where's Brother Paul Floyd? Did he step out a moment ago? For a moment, okay. Well, uh, when he gets back in, I'll stop. But uh, for everyone that was water baptized... Uh, he has done that class for me before. He's a wonderful teacher. He's called to full-time ministry. And for those of you who are uh, you're new to the faith, you're, you're new, or maybe you've never gone through a, a basic uh, you know, new beginning discipleship type course, I encourage you to do that. And I'm going to make Paul Floyd available right after the service. And I would love for you, just like you did, you responded to salvation, just like you did last week when I said, hey, you need to be water baptized. Now you need to respond and say, now teach me the word of God. Teach me what I need to know about how to move forward in my Christian faith and not uh, be overcome by the strategies of the devil. And so uh, we're excited about that uh, opportunity that's coming up. I also have a lot of those lessons, not all of them, on our website uh, you know, as YouTube videos, and you can link to them as well. Also, if you were, were water baptized today, that we have your water baptism certificates we wanted to send home with you, and you can be sure to get those before you leave today. Amen? Amen. All right. Praise God. John chapter 10. And let's bow our heads again and pray. Father, I I thank you for how you've led me. I thank you for the witness of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit. And I'm just, uh, as I always am, I'm trusting you to draw up out of my heart, to give me utterance, uh, to cause me to come unto the people in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Father, the gift Uh, of the office of the pastor comes from heaven. I didn't ask for it, but I was honored and humbled and glad to receive it. Make me skillful in that office. Father, for those that are sitting under the word today, the ministry of the word, as I prayed earlier, I pray that they're attentive, that their hearts are open, their minds are alert, and perhaps equally as important that they have made a decision or they will make a decision right now with what I'm about to say and pray, that they are determined to not just be hearers of the word. Nobody gets blessed just because they heard the word. No, the Bible says in the book of James that those who are doers of the word, they are the ones that are blessed in what they do. The blessing is in the doing, not in the hearing. And so I pray God that by your spirit you'll quicken each and every person when they see the scriptures, when they see the truth presented from the word of God, they will have made the decision, I'm doing that. That is the truth, that's the word, that's God's word to us, and I'm going to be a doer of that word. And I thank you that as we all do that, that we're moving forward in what you have for us. And we're living the kind of life, bearing the kind of fruit that would glorify the Lord, bless us, bless our families all around us, and would give us a wonderful end someday. We thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Brother Paul, come up quick. Glory to God, let everybody see how good looking you are. You know, Brother Paul's believing for a wife. Yes, he is. 
Maybe you're believing for a husband. Love you, sir. You're not mad at me because I said that, right? No, sir. <laughs> Is that true? It's true. It's true. But you want the, the God one. Amen. The, I tried my own way uh-huh. a couple of times. Okay. It didn't work out. All right. Well, you're humble. I appreciate that about you. Amen. Great call in this life. So if you were water baptized, if you're interested in being trained, going through those classes, a lot of times we do them pre-service. You know, come, have coffee, fellowship, meet people, have this taught about 40 minutes. And, uh, but come and see Brother Paul after the service and let him know that you're interested and he wants to work with everybody and find out what, what would be a good time to go through these lessons uh, for the vast majority of them. And uh, amen. amen. Uh, that's becoming a disciple. Amen. Yes, that's sir. what it's all about. Amen. So thank you for being willing to teach yes, that class. Amen. All right, so somebody text him a phone number, a Facebook link, or something, amen? He believing for a while. <laughs> Come on, you got to have a little fun up here, right? It's no fun to have the microphone if I have to be so serious all the time. <laughs> Especially when I know somebody who can take it. And I want a finder's fee if it actually comes to pass, you know, praise God, Starbucks or something. My wife is giving me the look. All right, let's be spiritual, how about that? Amen. Well, as I've checked my heart uh, over, it's been a, a wild ride for me the last uh, number of days, it's going to continue to be. We leave after today to go to the men's retreat, and come back from the men's retreat, going to do a wedding rehearsal. And uh, then I'm going to do a wedding on Saturday. I'm not, I don't know who that is, We're going to, but I'll be there. And uh, praise God. And then Sunday morning we'll minister. And then Sunday afternoon my wife and I will get on an airplane, go to California, teach at the Bible school. And uh, so anyway, pray for us. Pray for my wife. <clears throat> She's taking the girls uh, tomorrow morning to go to California uh, to be with Pastor Nancy at her, what is she calling it, a women's men's conference? I don't even know what that is. It's a, it's a conference anyway. <laughs> And so she'll be out there flying back for the wedding and then flying back to California with me. So anyway, but uh, the Lord has just seemed to, I'm confident, definitely led me to shift gears a little bit and to talk to you about a wonderful subject, something that uh, billions of people on the planet today are suffering in their life today uh, because of what they don't know about what I'm going to share with the Lord's help today. And uh, I'm going to endeavor with the Lord's help to pull the curtain back on the devil Amen. And talk to us about why evil exists in the world and why, why humans do what they do, <clears throat> why things are the way they are on the planet. And uh, it'll unravel a lot of things for you. If you've wondered, you know, I can't figure this out. If I just look at what's happening on planet Earth, I'm trying to figure out, is God a good God or is he behind all these wars? And, you know, what's with babies dying and what's with, what's with famine and... And, and all of these different things. And so uh, we're going to entitle this series. I don't know how many weeks it'll take us to get it done, but uh, probably all of October. But I'm going to call this the dark side. If you've ever watched Star Wars, you know what I mean. There's, there's power. There, they, they, you know, Star Wars, they figured out there's something called the force. Right? And that force can be yielded to for good. Or there's a dark side to that. And we saw what happened when Anakin yielded to the dark side. When he yielded to the temptation, it would, twisted him up, made him Darth Vader, didn't it? And it, it, didn't, it didn't bless his life. Well, I tell you what, Star Wars will really preach in a lot of ways. 
It really will. And one of the things that all of you need to know, every human being needs to know, that this three-dimensional world we live in is not all there is. The, the realm of the senses, what you see, what you can touch, what you can measure, what you can observe, what you feel, you know, what you taste, that's not all there is. And, when you, and the Word of God, the Bible, gives you all the answers. It gives you all the answers about the origin of the universe. And the Bible's just not a religious book that man made. When you get to Genesis, you're not reading fantasy. You're not reading religious interpretation of how things might have come about. What you're reading is a chronicle. What you're reading is history. Amen. The Bible is the inspired Word of God. It's, I don't have time to teach you that right now, but it's, it's been proven. You can scrutinize it. You can, you can, uh, you can test the, the Bible. It's legitimacy from a scientific perspective. It'll pass your every test. You want to test it from a historical perspective, it'll pass every test. If you want to test the prophecies, whether the words that are pr- prophetic in there, do they come to pass? You would be shocked at how accurate the Bible is. So the Bible is... Uh, not like any other book. It is God-breathed. It is a divine revelation. And every human being, whether they read it or don't read it, is accountable for every word. They'll be judged according to the truth that lies therein. And this is what I mean. Billions of people on the earth do not recognize, they do not realize that standing right alongside, Brother Philip, this three-dimensional world is another realm. The spirit realm, the realm of God, the realm of spirit beings. And really, you know, we think because this is the realm that we're most familiar with, obviously, that this is the dominant realm. But it's not. It's not. This three-dimensional world, everything uh, that, is cr- that God created from Jupiter to the stars to outer space to the planet to the oceans to the ecosystem to you, sprang from the spirit world. Now, if you, if you uh, will study uh, astronomy at all, if you're interested in that, you'll find out that, uh, that, you know, whether they're saved or unsaved, they've discovered far more than three dimensions. You and I, we conduct daily life in the natural world in about three and a half dimensions. We have width and depth and height, right? The three-dimensional world. Plus, we live in a half dimension called time. Now, it's just a half dimension because you can't go back. We don't have the ability to go back in time. We live in the present. We're constantly moving forward into the future. So human beings, we interact naturally with a three-and-a-half-dimensional world. But uh, I read a book from a guy who's got way more PhDs than me, and he says he, they know. They know of at least uh, nine other dimensions. And they, they have some theoretical concepts about how each one, that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth dimension actually works. And in one chapter, it's way out there. You have to be like, whoa, amen. But what I got from this chapter was he said, okay, if you were, if you were a being that existed above and outside these dimensions, he said, and you had the ability to manipulate them, he said, all you have to do is fold this dimension and go over this and fold it. And he told you, I don't even get into the nuts and bolts of it. He said, all you have to do, and then that wall would become transparent. Just like Jesus did with his disciples after his resurrection, that wall would become transparent. You could just pass right through it. And that's exactly what the Bible says Jesus did. His disciples were shut up in a closed locked door, and all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. Yes, he did. Alive from the dead. <laughs> 
with holes in his hands. They said, Thomas, you unbeliever, you doubting Thomas, you, why don't you come and put your foot, right? And so anyway, what I'm trying to say is, is that humanity is ignorant. They just believe that this is all there is. And that's not right. There are two kingdoms in the spirit realm that dominate every human being, whether they know it or not. Every human being on the planet today is a citizen of one or the other of one of these spiritual kingdoms. There is the kingdom of darkness, and there is the kingdom of light. There is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God's dear Son. Every human being, we don't, the Bible says, no one lives or dies unto themselves. Not a single human being will live or die unto himself. And we may get there this morning, we'll see. But in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus confronting the unsaved Pharisees, he said, you are of your father, the devil, and his works you will do. He is a murderer from the beginning. He is the father of lies. When he speaks, he speaks lies. There's no truth in him, I'm paraphrasing But he called the unsaved, that he said, you have a father. You are of a being in the spirit realm, and his name is Satan. This is why, you see, even Christians today, they they don't know their Bible well enough. They haven't taken time to get a good Bible education. Getting saved is not just about getting a pass. It's not just about getting sin off your ledger. Thank God that salvation includes the forgiveness of your sin. But when Jesus told Nicodemus, a very religious man, when he told him, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again, Nicodemus didn't get it. And he goes, if you don't get it, you're the leader of Israel. How is the world going to get it? He said, if I tell you of natural things and you don't get it, how am I going to get you to understand spiritual things? He said, a man, if you're going to be... Uh, able to perceive, to see, to experience the kingdom of God, then you're going to have to be born again. That's why I said to these who are being baptized, and all of us, if you were listening, that being born again is a matter of changing fathers. It's about changing kingdoms. It's about being delivered from the authority, I'm going to use this word, jurisdiction, the jurisdiction of the devil, and being invited over into a new kingdom. The Bible says that we are, yes, on this earth, but we are not of this earth as Christians. We are born from above. And our citizenship, the Bible says, is in heaven. I'm a citizen of a different kingdom than I once was. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And this is what being born again, this is what being saved is all about. You're not just being saved from your own personal guilt. That's true. You're not only being saved from the curse, you are, that's true, but you're being delivered from Satan's dominion over your life. In the unsaved world, they don't know this. They don't know that the Bible has sentenced every human being born into the earth, sold under sin, living under the penalty of sin, because they're the seed of Adam. Adam sold all of humanity out to sin. That's why he said you must be born again. Born a second time. If you're going to be saved. See, it's not about do's and don'ts. It's not about keeping rules. 
It's about whose nature do you have on the inside. And what Adam passed on to every human being was the sin nature. Now, how did Adam get the sin nature? He yielded himself to Satan's dominion when he gave in to Satan's temptation. Oh, that'll preach. Amen. God created Adam. God breathed of his own nature into the body he created. And it says that Adam became a living soul. He became a speaking spirit. And he gave God, and we'll go through this, but God gave Adam dominion over planet earth. He said, now I'm God and I'm over you. But I'm giving, I made the earth and it's your domain and I've created it so you and I can have fellowship, but I'm giving you dominion over earth. Psalm chapter 8 teaches that, us that. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 teaches us that. Genesis chapter 2 teaches us that. But when the serpent showed up, Satan had embodied a serpent, a serpent and beguiled Eve, tricked Eve. And when she and Adam sinned and obeyed a different master, they lost the nature of God and they took on the nature of evil. And all of us, I don't know, if you get really good at Ancestry.com, you're gonna, your ending place will be the same as mine. Adam and Eve. And that sin nature was passed to every human being. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, it doesn't matter how religious you are, you must be born again. When this life ends and your spirit shows up in that spirit realm, the only question that matters is, who's your daddy? Whose nature do you have? If you have the God nature, you go up, you go to heaven, because you're part of the family. No one's standing at Peter's gate, you know this doesn't happen. But no, no one's standing at Peter's gate going, let me in, let me in, I'm a good person. Let me in, let me in. No one gets in like that. In fact, hell is chalked full of people who were counting on getting to heaven on their track record. But they never dealt with the spiritual nature. They were ignorant or unaware or willfully whatever about the true nature of man. And the, true, and, the, and the essence of man's great need, which is to be born from above. Yeah, to have God's nature put back into man's spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Courtney, I, I love Courtney. She's my sister in the Lord. She's been part of this church a long time. I consider her a daughter in the spirit. But ge- geneal, you know, from a genealogical point of view, she doesn't have my DNA. Rex does. Faith does. Ryan does. And it's because of the DNA that they come into my house. And have the... Now, Courtney can, Courtney can come and visit, but she doesn't get to stay and dwell and suck up all the air conditioning and eat all the food and all that. Now, why? Now, Courtney, if you just said, but pastor, pastor, I'm a good person. I am a good... It doesn't matter, sweetie. You're not my daughter. You're not my daughter. Are you God's daughter? Are you God's son? That's all that matters. So who's your daddy? That'd be a good sermon title, right? Who's your dad? I'm telling you, the vast majority of human beings walking the planet today have no idea about the 10 minutes I just shared with you. And the word of God is so plain. 
Now, this is why this whole dynamic is why to me, John 10, 10 is the most important scripture in all the Bible. I mean, if you had one scripture, just one out of the whole Bible, you could have good theology. You know, and if you'll listen to me, you'll learn a lot. Not because of me, but because of what God showed me from the Word. And if you've ever heard or you've ever thought, I wonder why God took so-and-so. God doesn't take people. Do you know that when you die, you don't turn into an angel? I I don't care what Hallmark told you. God needed another angel, so, you know. Mamas, you don't have to worry about God deciding to take your 12-year-old daughter because He needs an angel in the choir. That's all religious bunk, junk. It's a lie. It's not biblical. Amen. And, and all of us, if you haven't, you will. You're going to face things in life where you're going you're gonna to wonder, how come? How come? Go, go look at the cancer ward and make sense of it from a theological point of view. But you can. If you have John 10, 10, and you have that laid down in your life, you will have good theology. But if you don't get John 10, 10 right, you're not going to have good theology. So let's look at it. What does John 10, 10 say? Let's read verse 9 and 10. Now this is, of course, red letters in my Cambridge Bible. That means Jesus is speaking. These are the recorded words that John was inspired to let us know about. This is a quote. Excuse me. And uh, in verse 9 and 10 it says, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture, find provision. The thief cometh. Now, is he saying, I'm the thief? No, obviously, the way the, the structure is written, he's not the thief. He said, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life. That's zoe in the Greek, and it means the God kind and the God quality of life. And that you might have it just a smidge. No, that you might have it in abundance. That you might have it in abundance. The Amplified says, I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved, will live. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I, am, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So there is a thief in the world. And he's got one mission. He's not your buddy. He's not your friend. You shouldn't make deals with the thief. You shouldn't try to bargain with the thief. He's not there to bless your life. If he says he will, if you do this, I'll do that. He is lying to you. He's lying to you. What does he come to do? Steal from you. To destroy. To kill. So listen, here is good theology. You could be a baby Christian born again yesterday and have great theology. Whatever happens in the world, whatever happens in life, if you're wanting to know from the spirit world's perspective who's behind it, Jesus gave it to you in red. He gave it to you in black and white. He just told you. If it's good, if it's a blessing, 
if it's helpful, if it brings you joy and brings humanity peace, if it meets a need, it came from God. The Bible says in James chapter 1, I think verse 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is neither change nor shadow of turning. So if it's good, it's a gift and it came from God. If something happens in your family, something happens in the world, and it fits in the category of stealing. Now, I had my daddy stolen from me as a 10, 12-year-old kid in divorce. Did God do that? Did God break my home? According to John 10, 10, if I'll filter everything that happens in my life through John 10, 10, I'll have good theology. How many people are not, they have not wholeheartedly given their life to God. They have not uh, wholeheartedly, enthusiastically decided to serve God because they're just not quite sure what kind of God He is yet. And what they're looking at is the world. See, the people that teach this extreme sovereignty of God teaching, think about what they're having to justify. If they're, if they're literally teaching that God is so sovereign that everything that happens on the earth happens because God willed it, He wanted it, we may not understand it, but we will someday kind of a thing, and there's a lot of teaching out there on that, then think about what that puts on God's plate. They're saying God willed a lady, a young girl to be raped. That He wills people to drown at sea. That he destroys whole cities with hurricanes. That he knocks people's houses down with tornadoes. That he puts cancer on people to make them sick, to make them more pious, to get glory. Listen, you can have all of that untangled in one scripture. That cannot be true in John 10, 10 be true. Right? I'm just a simple man. What does John 10, 10 say? The thief comes only to steal, to kill, to destroy. I am come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Now, why did he say might? Because you and I have a choice to make. You and I have a choice to make. What citizen of the kingdom in the spirit realm are you going to submit yourself to? Because you don't get to be free of both. No one lives to themselves. No one dies to themselves. That spirit realm owns you, one or the other. God either owns you or the devil does. Now, maybe you need some more scripture for that. I wouldn't blame you. Let's go to John chapter 8. We're right here. John chapter 8. How many have I lost already? Everybody with me? Amen. John chapter 8. Hallelujah. Verse uh, 44, I believe. So again, Jesus said to these religious zealots, He said uh, in verse 44, You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. Notice that's absolutely, He said you will. You will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. 
when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, why is it guaranteed that these religiously dedicated people will do like things as the devil? Because the devil is their father. They have the devil's nature on the inside of their spirits. If a dog begets a dog, will the dog act like the dog? Absolutely. Why does a dog bark? Because it's his nature to do so. Amen. Why? Why do donkeys bray? You can muzzle them. You can beat them. You can elect. You can you put one of those collars on that dog, and and you could train them maybe out of fear, and negative association not to do it. But in their nature, what are they? They're still a dog. You can make a cat trained to use the potty on the toilet and actually flush the thing, but it's still a cat. Amen. Why do liars lie? Who's their daddy? You get over into 1 John and he'll just tell you plain, I can tell who you belong to by watching you. He said, if you don't obey the commandments of God, you're not, you're not a real one. That if you lie, if you lie, that means you're a liar and that means you're of. Amen. Now we'll teach you, I'm going to teach you as the Lord helps us that, uh, not today, be, be, be encouraged, amen, <laughs> that uh, even as Christians, the Holy Spirit is in your spirit, but you can still yield to the Holy Spirit because of the way you think, you haven't got your mind renewed, and your flesh is out of control, and you just let your flesh do anything it wants, it'll yield to the devil. Your life will look like the devil. Yes, amen. amen. Go to 1 John with me, all the way to the end of your Bible, right before Revelation. 1 John chapter 5. Y'all are kind of quiet. Are you just listening? You're just taking it in? John, 1 John chapter 5, I think it's verse 19. All right, 1 John 5, 19. It says, And we know that we are of God. And the whole world, what? Lies in wickedness. Other translations say the whole world is under the sway or the influence of the wicked one. Why? Because unsaved people are citizens of of Satan's dark kingdom. By default. By default. If you're not born again, if Jesus by the Holy Ghost is not living on the inside of you, if you're not a bona fide Christian, Christ-like, you're a citizen, God loves you. But you're under the dominion, the sway, the influence of Satan, 
demons, and evil spirits, and every one of them is dominated, motivated by, to some degree or another, by those evil spirits. And if you die in that condition, you'll go where they go. I'm telling you, if people knew this, they would be beating your door down asking you to tell them how to get saved. Because they don't have to live under the dominion of the evil one. They don't have to be plugged into the matrix, not another day. Amen. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5. Lest you think that I'm just spouting off a bunch of interesting things up here. No, no, no. The Bible's so plain about these things. Ephesians 5, verse 5. For this you know that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with vain words. Where, do you, where can you get deceived by a bunch of vain words? Watching Christian TV? Uh, going to a lot of churches? God loves us all. Agape, agape. We're all going to be okay. Deceived. Amen. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Do, you not, uh, do not you therefore be partakers with them. For you, notice this, you were, Paul's writing to Christians, isn't he? Paul's writing to Christians at the church of Ephesus. What does he say about them? He said, you were sometimes darkness. You were. You were darkness before you were born again. That's what he's saying. Before you got saved, before Jesus became your Lord, you were darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. Now because of that, he says what? Walk as children of the light. Amen. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And then it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Amen? Go back to Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse number 10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, uh, by what that which is called circumcision, just uh, talking about Jews and Gentiles, that, uh, that at that time, notice this, that at that time under that condition, I'm trying to bring clarity, That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens. He doesn't mean, you know, green aliens flying around spaceship. No. An alien of the United States of America is what? They don't have citizenship. They don't have legal standing. At that time you were without Christ, being an alien from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See, people who are without Jesus 
They are darkness. They are darkness. They are aliens of the kingdom of God. They are strangers from the covenants of promise. They have no legal standing with the Father. And because of that, they have no hope. Now we, the church, are supposed to give them hope. We are the ones supposed to telling them, Hey, I was in your condition once. I I was in the kingdom of darkness once. But now I'm a child of the light. Glory to God. Now I'm a child of God. He said, go and preach, go and tell the good news that Jesus came and for all of those under Satan's jurisdiction, He paid the price they owed. He suffered for their sin in their place. He legally ransomed and purchased them out from underneath the hand of the devil. And now he is the door and all you have to do is walk out. Walk out of Satan's kingdom. Walk out of the kingdom of darkness. Walk out of sin. Walk out of oppression. But the only way out is through the door of Jesus. Buddha's not the right door. Islam's not the right door. New age whatever's not the right door. You having a good job and a sweet wife, that's not the right door. Jesus is the door. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said they're without hope in the world. And he said you were like this before you uh, had Christ, but see now you have Christ. Look at, don't you love the words, but now, verse 13, but now, come on, but now. How many of you are in here and you're on the right side of but now, but now, come on, but now. Now, in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off were made near to everything good, right? By the blood of Christ. For He is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, One more here. Go over to Colossians 1, just kind of proving this point. There are two kingdoms. The spirit realm exists. It's the superior realm. It's where eternity is experienced. And if the Lord tarries His coming, look, we're all going there. We're all going to die. We're all going to exit this life. Amen. And whether you go to hell, whether you go to heaven, that's not, again, just about a past. It's, it's about who's your daddy, whose nature do you have. But then the great thing is, is when I, what I'm going to teach you, what the Bible teaches here is while we're down here on the earth, where Satan is God, little g, we who know some things, I'm in the world, his world, but I'm not of it. I belong to Jesus now. And if I'll learn, be a disciple, guys. If I'll learn, if I'll grow, if I'll study, then Jesus, through the Word, amen, and through the gifts of the ministry, He will teach me how to live free from Satan's influence on this planet. Satan is the one killing, stealing, and destroying. People that had their mind, they lost their mind. God didn't take it. All the poverty, all the death, all the murder, all the crime, all the corruption, who's behind it all? Satan is. The devil is. But Jesus, He became a man and He invaded this dark world. And He took back what Adam gave to Satan. The keys to planet earth. And Jesus said, I'll take those keys back. Thank you very much. Whoo, glory to God. 
Now that victory Jesus won, does it belongs, if they'll take it, to everyone in the world. But you have to make it your own. You have to give your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, now I may, I'm almost there. I want to run around the building, but this one may just make me do it right here. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Well, actually 12, 13, and 14. Paul says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who, notice the, the tense. Is it will? Who hath? Who has? What has he done? Delivered us. From what? The power of darkness. Now this word power is the Greek word exousia and it would be better translated jurisdiction or authority. Why do people who have committed a crime in one country want to get on the border on another country? Because they've escaped the jurisdiction, the legal jurisdiction of the place where they committed the crime, right? Amen. I committed a lot of crimes in the kingdom of darkness, amen. But I got out of its jurisdiction. I'm guilty, sure enough, but they can't press charges on me anymore because I'm in a hole of the kingdom. And there's no extradition. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has delivered. Now, those who got baptized, those who got saved a couple weeks ago, those who get born again in churches today, The moment they accept Jesus as their Lord, Satan has no more legal standing with them anymore. But unless that new Christian finds it out, he'll act like he does. Because he doesn't operate by legal parameters. If he can keep you blind to the truth, if if he can keep the church from preaching the truth, if he can keep the, if he could, then, then you're actually free to walk away from the matrix, but you'll stay plugged in. And you'll think thoughts like, well, you know, at any time the devil could just put cancer on me. But you know, see, I found out he can't not, he can't my life. If I'll be skillful in my kingdom. And then that's the scope of a, of a different service. You'll have to keep coming. Amen. Just telling. Unless you want to stay here till midnight. And we guys, we got a place to go. So, Amen. Amen. But this, what does the Bible say? Who hath delivered us? Past tense. From the jurisdiction, the authority of darkness, and has, it's already done, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Jesus, in whom we have, we're not gonna, we have. We have redemption through His blood, yes, even the forgiveness of sin. Now, if you would extend me just a few more minutes, I'd like to leave today by showing you where and when and how an absolutely perfect, pristine, holy, flawless, physical creation had evil injected into it. How did evil gain entrance into the world? You could ask it like this. Where did the devil come from? 
Because again, there are in some th- thoughts of people, the devil is just a biblical metaphor for God's dark side. God doesn't have a dark side. The Bible says so. The Bible says in him is no darkness. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. I have read the testimony of people who have had near-death experiences, went to heaven and came back to tell us about it. And they said one of the oddest things they noticed is they were looking for their shadow and they could not find it. They couldn't find the shadow of a blade of grass. The sun would be shining, amen, the light in heaven at a certain direction, but it would cast no shadow. Why? Because there is no darkness in heaven at all. None. And see, as Christians, this is why we have the admonition that once we're born again, stop hanging out with darkness. Stop fellowshipping with the old kingdom. Amen. You're a child of light now. So walk in the light. Don't do what you used to do. Don't live the way you used to live. Don't talk the way you used to talk. Don't act the way you used to act. And God helps you along that way to fulfill that. Amen. So, okay. Go to Ezekiel. We're going to look at this and then we'll, we'll show you where the devil came from. Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. And then we'll have to stop for today. I was hoping to hear an all, but okay. That's all right. I'm hungry too. I didn't have breakfast this morning. <clears throat> all right, Ezekiel 28. Is this interesting too? You know, I think it's interesting the Lord led me into this series in October. You know, you get close to All Hallows Eve and Halloween, and we just think that's just, an, just another, just natural, three-dimensional Reason to have a good time. No, it's Satan's holiday. And you know, around this time, what do you see? You see him already. Gargoyles and ghosts and darkness and goblins and jack-o'-lanterns. And you know, the, the movies are horrific. Horror shows and horror tunnels and horror... What are they? You go to those places. and Haunted houses and... You should stop that, Christian. You should come here August 30, or October 31st for Harvest Festival. Have a lot of good Christian fun. Amen. Praise God. All right, Ezekiel. Find my passage here. Hallelujah. There it is. We'll start reading in verse number 12. Ezekiel's a prophet, he was given to visions, and he saw the being that God created turn himself into the devil. So begin reading Ezekiel 28, verse 12. I'll read along, you follow. Verse 11 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, You sealest this up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, it says in verse 13, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now, stop a minute. This is so cool. This is interesting. Now, when you say Eden, the garden of God, where does your mind immediately go to? Genesis, Adam and Eve. Listen, as these verses are going to prove out, 
This predates Adam. It's going to answer a lot of questions for you. This predates Adam. How many know because when God put Adam in the garden, Lucifer had already fallen. The devil had already become the devil. And that's because he was already the devil when he showed up in the garden. These verses are describing Lucifer, a cherub, an angel that God created for his purpose before he was fallen. Okay. Amen. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. And then he names all these beautiful uh, stones that God were actually put into his being. And the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee. Notice, the day you were created. God created this being. Verse 14 says, Thou art the anointed cherub. The word cherub is a type of angel. It's a type of angel. There's different classes of angels, and this is one. The anointed cherub that covers, I have set thee so... You was, was, so it's was, you were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15, very important verse. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. So how did God create this angel? Perfect. Perfect. All of God's works are perfect. All of God's works are perfect. But then it says in verse 16, By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and you have sinned. Here is the first sin in the entire universe. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted. Who did? He did. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. Now to you who are good looking, I hope you all think you're good looking. Don't get very taken up with your good looks. How did this wonderful angel... Turn himself into the devil. He got to looking at himself. Look at those emeralds in me. Look at me. I look better than them. Got too fixated with his beauty. And so I have to really watch that. I just want to see if you're still awake. All right. (laughs) I don't know why you're laughing. Anyway. By the multitude of your merchants. Okay, thine heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast you to the ground. Ground. I will lay thee before kings. That's interesting. That they may behold thee. You have defiled your sanctuaries. He had sanctuaries. By the multitude of your iniquities. By the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. Hell was created. Hell was created to put this guy. It will devour you. And I will bring you to ashes upon all the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at you. And you will be a terror. And never more shall you be 
anymore. This is the devil in his creation by God as an angel, perfect in all of his ways. Now it says by the, um, in verse 13, it says by the multitude of your merchandise. That word merchandise is kind of a deceptive word. It means by his, um, his trafficking. What he was merchandising was rumors against God. He began, slanders what it, is that what your, trans, your translation says? Okay, good. It means that. So when he made his decision that he was all that in a bag of chips and he was going to rebel against God, he wasn't going to go by himself. So he trafficked. He said, it says, by the multitude of your traffic, he went around and slandered God. With no motivation, no tempter, no outside. See, when we sin, we're tempted. We have, a, we have demons and evil spirits in the spirit realm, and they'll, they'll drink that, drink that, do that, do that, steal that, take that. Start that rumor. Lie, cheat. We're tempted. Eve had help in falling. Lucifer did it all on his own. That's why there's a special punishment coming for him. But it's interesting, the Bible says one-third of the angels rebelled he was able to talk a third of the angelic host. They believe that's slander. Amen? Now go to Isaiah 14. We're almost done. Can you hang in there? All right. This is, this is worth letting, letting the Baptists get through first. All right? We love the Baptists. I was saved Baptist. Hallelujah. You know, we're loving. We're kind. We'll let them go through first. Amen. The buffet. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah 14. Are you, is anyone learning anything? Yeah. Amen. Verse 9. Speaking of this being, we'll find it out. It'll become evident. You don't have to take my word for it. Hell from beneath. Where's hell, I wonder? Why do we say go up and down? Because the Bible indicates that. Where's hell? Beneath. Yeah. I love the Bible, man. It's just awesome. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet you at your coming. I hope you don't go there. It stirs up the dead for thee. Even the chief ones of the earth, you know, presidents, they all that Hollywood, you followers on Instagram and all that, they're going there. If they don't know the Lord. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Are you also become weak as we? Are you become like unto us? Your pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of your vials, the worm, is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from where? From heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Now again, nations? Really? Nations? Are, predate Adam? I'll take you, you'll have to come back next Sunday, right? Because I'll explain that to you. From the Bible. Amen. For you have said in your heart... See, we're going to get more insight in how the Lucifer... Now we have his name. This anointed cherub, this angel God made, his name's Lucifer. Son of the morning. It, it was a good name. I wouldn't name your kid that now. Anyway. 
I've met, I've met Lucifers before. Anyway, praise God. For thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Well, if he said before he fell, I will ascend, that means go up into heaven, he must have not been in there. Where must he have been, I wonder? He said he was in Eden, the garden of God, right? I'm just a simple man, but that's what it said earlier. Where did dinosaurs come from? They were in this pre-Adamite whatever. Oh yeah, I'll tell you where dinosaurs came from. Yeah, amen. For thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend. That means I have to go up into heaven, meaning he's not there. I will exalt my throne above the stars. So okay, he's not in Jupiter somewhere. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. Amen. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Well, if he wants to go above the clouds, he must be under the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Pride. You want to know why and how the world got the way way it is today? One being's pride. One being's ego. Injected evil into God's perfect creation. Amen. Yet, it says in verse 15, God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and says, Yet you shall be brought down to hell. The Bible says in another place, hell was not created for human beings. That was not the original. It was created before human beings were ever made. Mm -hmm. But people who side in with the devil and have his nature, that's where they go. You will go to the sides of the pit. They that see you shall narrowly look upon you. That means like this. When you see him, you're not going to be impressed. It says, they that see you will narrowly look upon you and consider you saying, is this? Is this the one that the Cody translation would say would cause so much trouble? This is the being? that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, how, how, who's responsible for all of this? Come on, y'all tell me. I'm not going to let you go eat until you tell me. Is God responsible for all of this? No. And who's done all the work to redeem and to save and to put in a plan and send His own Son to fix it? And God has that open not your house to prisoners and all the kings of nations, even all of them lie in glory, every one of them. Amen. We're going to have to stop. But see, this is how the devil became the devil. God created an angel. Amen. And this angel got to looking at himself and he got proud and he got arrogant and he made a decision. He was not only going to be like God, he was going to usurp God's authority. And it was, we'll pick it up right here next Sunday, Lord willing. And, uh, but if, after all of this happens, I'll, I'll give you this nugget that God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a whole new class of being called man. And we're going to make them after our likeness and after our image. And 
see Lucifer had this whatever on the earth and Eden was there and then he gets kicked out, cursed, rebelled, brought low and he sees man stuck in the garden where he once was. And you can see, you can understand, I'll leave you with this, you can understand the devil's hatred for humanity. Because God intended for us to possess what once was His. And He tempted Adam, He tempted Eve, and they fell. And thus the short story of why there's evil in the world. Why there's racism, why there's hatred, why there's... There's no political answer, guys. Conservatives don't have it. Progressives don't have it. Until you get the love of God in someone, there's going to be hatred, murder, racism, corruptness. The answer to the earth's problems is redemption, is Jesus. And one day He's coming back, one day very soon. And an angel, a small ranking angel, is going to just come and handcuff Lucifer. And He's going to throw him into a pit that has no bottom. And He'll fall in that pit for a thousand years. And Jesus will set up an earthly, natural rule and reign right here on planet earth of which you and I, citizens of His kingdom, will have leadership positions. Does the Bible really teach all that, Pastor Chris? Oh, yes, it does. Amen? Amen. Amen. And this is the essence of the good news.